Well, good afternoon, everybody. Darren Saul here. Welcome to another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. It's episode 124 for Friday afternoon. And the topic for today is literature engagement. So much more than colouring sheets and word searches with the lovely Kelly Nissen. How are you doing, Kelly? Great. Thank you, Darren. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> now, after close to 45 years at school as a student and a teacher, Kelly Nissen can finally say she's graduated. But, leaning, but learning never ends, and she remains passionate about quality teaching and literature engagement. Kelly is now a full-time editor and writer who specialises in helping fiction authors as well as business owners achieve their best possible writing through anything from complete ghostwriting or book coaching through to structural editing and proofreading. She also writes children's and young adult fiction and slightly icky supernatural short stories for adults. Kelly is also very passionate about the importance of quality teaching aids and notes and resources to supplement books for children and exhibitions at tourist exhibitions and attractions. So Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Darren. Wow, so you've been pretty busy. I Yes, I have been a little bit busy <laughs> recently, actually. Yeah, yeah. Lots of stuff. Mm. But um, I'd love to hear more about you and how you got into writing. Were you always into writing as a child? Did you have a journal, a diary? How did you fall into writing? Yeah, not, not so much a journal or a diary, although I did try to keep one of those. Um, I just, as a primary school student, I loved writing and way back 100 years ago when I was in primary school, I'm pretty sure the stuff that we used to do was called process writing. Okay. Um, although it basically seemed to be mainly stories and narrative. And we seem to have, from my memory, we seem to have lots and lots and lots of time for free writing, writing whatever we want for as long as we wanted. And I don't actually remember writing anything apart from fiction in primary school, but I'm sure we did. Yeah. Um, probably my biggest memory which I talk about quite a bit is standing up in primary school with my my writing book very proudly and reading my really 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 long tedious repetitious <laughs> stories to the whole school who had to sit there politely and quietly and then clap me at the end but to the whole school the whole school, yes. So we'd sort of sit there and do a bit of voice projection and, and, and read it out. And I just, I know that these stories, they were long and lots of dialogue and blah, blah, blah. But I was so proud of being chosen to read them out. And I, I really, really loved writing. But then in high school, it seemed to drop off and we seemed to focus more on the, you know, the nonfiction and the informational writing. It became more important. And I... Somewhere along the way, I just, I stopped doing that creative writing and I only really picked it up again for me um, about five years ago. Wow. So, yeah, it was sort of, I had a bit of a, bit of a break. And what made you decide to pick it up again? Oh, that's, that's a long story, that one. I'll try to, <laughs> try to cut that one down. So, I had been teaching full-time um, for 20 years in, in between, you know, having a couple of breaks for maternity leave and that sort of thing, but pretty much full time. And I got to the point where I just thought, oh, 
I can't, I can't do this full time anymore. And my principal was nice enough to allow me to actually drop my hours from full time down to two days a week, which is huge, particularly when you get your first pay packet. Um, But I sort of, I sat there for the first term and I'm like, this is nice. I don't really know what else I want to do. I just want to do something different. And then along comes an advertisement for the local, um, the Canberra Institute of Technology, their evening courses. And lo and behold, there was a writing for children's course being offered. And I went, why not? Might as well do that. And it sort of picked up from there. I, you know, ended up with a great teacher and some great friends and we sort of jollied each other along. And from there I joined the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, and I joined the Australian Society of Authors and did lots of courses. And yeah, it's it's been reignited the passion for the word. Absolutely. And I absolutely love it. Well done. And so you do you still teach at all or you mainly work as a writer? Okay, so I was teaching um, up until July this year when and this year I was I'm going to say only I was only teaching at school one day a week so I'd sort of over the course of starting my business I reduced my hours reduced my hours and I couldn't I just couldn't let go because there's that I'm quite risk averse Um, and eventually I just thought oh I can't you know one day a week I was waking up I was going in just going going through the motions loving it while I was there but getting there was difficult. And so I took leave without pay. So I, I have been teaching up until, like in a school, up until July this okay. year still. But I see, I see my role as an editor as, it's, it's a teaching role as well, because mm-hmm. I don't just get people's work and look at it and put my red pen through it and send it back. It's, it is, that teaching aspect there as well and the communication and you know let's have a a conversation about you know how you could change this and improve it so i think i will always be a teacher but i love i love that aspect of it i'm just doing something i really really love now i love that and funny you should mention that because you know i always say as well you know i'm a photography teacher or photography tutor and i always say you learn so much and learn so well and really mm. develop yourself through teaching others. Yeah. Um, is that something that you found as well? I, yeah, I agree with that. I've, I've always come back, actually, when I was looking at those questions, I come, came back straight away, that saying, which I had to Google it. It's from George Bernard Shaw right. um, from one of his, his books or a drama series where he says, those who can do and those who can't teach. Mm. And I think that saying is probably the bane of every teacher's life because it's, it's a real put down. But for me, I sort of think, you know, in order to teach something, to get that knowledge across, you actually have to understand it really well yourself. Absolutely. And to understand it, you have to be able to, to do it. So, but on the same thing, I've also had situations as a primary school teacher where I've had to, because of the curriculum, I've had to teach a particular topic to my students and it might be a topic that I'm either not overly interested in, I might not have done it when I was at school, I'm not familiar with it, but as a teacher, I still have to teach it. So in the process of researching it and planning the lessons and then discovering the content with the students, 
that I, I actually learn more through the teaching process and you learn from the students and definitely become... it's, it's a, it's a fluid interaction. It's a, yeah. you're constantly learning and teaching at the same time and you're developing yep. yourself and you're looking at things from a different perspective. Absolutely. So I, I agree. That quote is a little bit strange because a lot of, I don't know what the context was really, but a lot of the, a lot of teachers are doing at the same time as teachers. Yes. Yeah, they're and, practical teachers. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important thing, though, is for teachers or anybody who's in that teaching tutoring role is to not to pretend to the students that you know it all, because mm-hmm. we're all. I think the best teachers are also lifelong learners, oh, and that's so true. The so best true. way to I have learnt so much from even the kindergarten students that I worked with last year is you know they just open your eyes to new things so learning stuff together and discovering things together I think is really the best way for everybody to learn and improve your skills and engage in things so yes in answer to your question the original one yes (laughs) definitely and so tell us a bit about exactly you know what you do because you do a number of different things from a literacy point of view Mm -hmm. tell us a bit about the different types of services and um, things that you do Yep. So through through just right words, um, everything is centred around around words, obviously. Um, but I think when I narrow it down, there are three key services that I offer. There's the education resource side of things, where developing teacher notes and helping authors. Um, prepare workshops to, you know, to take into the schools. Um, There's the editing services side of things, so fiction and non-fiction. Um, And even within editing services, there are so many different levels, right from the the start at the bottom, the very, very basic proofreading, just the spelling and grammar, all the way up to um, book coaching and, and coaching with writing. And then you've got all the editing in between that. Um, and then there are the writing services that I offer as well. So part of that is writing the teacher notes, but I also will write blog posts for businesses and and all that sort of thing. So for people who don't have time to actually do that writing themselves, right. but they might have the idea, they don't have the time or they don't have the confidence. They, my clients fall into four categories. I've got my authors who are my they're my passion, my publishers, my small business and my tourist and cultural institutions, as you said. But all of those services, they overlap yes. with, um, with those clients. But really, my primary focus is, is the authors and linking the authors with the schools and, you know, getting, getting them in there and, you know, helping, helping children to develop a love of reading and writing and helping authors help children do that if that makes sense. And that kind of, that's, I really want to touch on that because you're very passionate about writing quality teaching notes and supplements. Mm. Where did that come from and why do you think that's such a, an important part of what you do? Yeah, it's, that is my current soapbox issue. I have many soapbox issues, but that's my, that's my current one right now. Um, And I think like there are lots of teaching notes out there that accompany books and there's lots of teaching resources so lots of your tourist institutions that do excursions for schools they have teaching packs and 
all that sort of thing, or they, they might have produced, they might have their own um, publication arm, like the Museum of the National Library of Australia. And so they will often produce teaching notes to go with it. So I don't think, like, there's not that teaching notes are lacking or that the ones that are there aren't quality, because um, there's a lot of really good ones out there. But where I think, as a teacher, I think where they fall down is in two areas. So firstly, they're very, they're really, really limited in the age range or the grade that they, that they target. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're looking at picture books, everybody goes, oh, picture books, they're for little kids. So the teaching notes, because they're picture books, the teaching notes are really only for preschool year, you know, kindergarten year one and two. Um, and whereas really, my my preference is to use picture books with the older the older children because you can do a lot more with them and in the younger grades you, you read them a picture book and you're there about the you know the love of the book and the, the literacy and that sort of thing but the meaty stuff the really meaty stuff happens when they're older um and the other thing that i think a lot of teacher notes are limited in is the curriculum scope so the, the notes that are out there now, it's it's a book, therefore it's literacy. So therefore all the all the activities are literacy based. Whereas you might have a totally fictional book, but it might have some sort of science thread in it. So you can use that book and you can use it instead of teaching English with it, you can use it as the basis for teaching your science lesson wow. or your you know your um your social science lesson or health lesson or whatever so i think there's so many opportunities to use different books in so many different ways with so many different ages that it's just really from what i've seen it's really unexplored by the people who write the teaching notes so they're pigeonholing these books into really limited categories yeah. and by doing that it's almost like not deliberately but it's like they're doing a disservice to the authors because they're not promoting how you know what the broad appeal of their books is but they're also doing a disservice to teachers and students so i think teachers these days and here's my other soapbox Teachers these days are so much more time poor than when I started 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, we, we don't have a lot of time to search through multiple lessons and books to find perfect matches for what we need to teach. So if I'm teaching year six, I'm going to search for lessons for year six. And in doing so, I'm probably going to miss some really amazing opportunities to teach through, teach something great through picture books because picture books are for five-year-olds. So I think in the grand scheme of things, all of this requires this massive shift in attitude um, from publishers who promote the teacher notes, from writers and content developers who write, who write the teacher's notes and from teachers themselves um, and from authors who think they've written a picture book and it should only be promoted to five-year-olds wow. whereas really it can go further so yeah I'm I don't know whether one person can change this <laughs> but I'm going to give it a shot how in-depth do you have to really understand the topic to write proper teacher notes how much preparation do you have to go through to actually write good teacher notes that is, that is a really good question. You've thrown me a curly one <laughs> there. I think to 
to write really good quality teacher notes, there's um, a few things that you do, you need to understand. Like, obviously, you need to have read the book really, really well. Yeah. Um, with a picture book, I actually, it's not as easy as it sounds, because even though your picture book only might have 200, 300 words, there's also the illustrations in the picture book that tell three quarters of the story. Yeah. So you've got to have a very deep understanding of, of the book that you're writing the teacher notes for. Um, you need to have a really good understanding of the curriculum itself. So there's a lot of authors I know whose who's publishers, they ask them to, oh, you know, just throw together some teacher notes and they're, they're lost because they don't know necessarily how they relate to, to the curriculum. So just as an example, I was... Um, I was working with somebody who wanted to put some sort of maths activity in with her teacher notes. And she said, oh, you know, I'm going to do, I think it was graphs or something. And I said, well, actually, no, that fits more in the HASS curriculum or the social studies curriculum because it's about looking at, at the flow of graphs and the information you can get from them. So yes, it's maths, but it's actually really ensconced in your, your social studies curriculum. And she's like, no, 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 it's graphs. It has to be maths. And I'm like, mm, no. So it's, it is needing to have that, that deep understanding of the curriculum and how it works mm -hmm. and how it applies to teachers. Um, and in terms of content matter, I think, you do, you do need to have an understanding of, of the content matter, but it depends how deeply you're going to go into it. Mm -hmm. So, um, where do I put the book? Gina Newton, and I'm going to name a name here because she's just absolutely gorgeous. She wrote this book here, Combat, Combat, Combat Wombat. to the Rescue, love it. Yeah, so this is beautiful, a beautiful book. But Gina, Gina is... She's a marine biologist and a scientist and a children's author. So working, if you've got an author who is very knowledgeable in, in their field or in a different field, the person writing the teacher notes really needs to collaborate with the author so that the, the author has that background knowledge. So Gina has a lot of knowledge about sustainability and sustainable environment and, and that sort of thing. And her other book, that's just recently been published, um, Hold On, Saving the Spotted Handfish. Um, that's all about marine ecology and, and sustainability. So she, she, when I was working with her on her teacher notes, she had all that scientific background and I had the curriculum knowledge and we put that together to produce, to produce the teacher notes. Nice. So, wow. Yeah, it depends how in-depth you want to go. Yeah, um, But, yeah, it is important. There's no point in writing teacher notes if about a science topic if you don't really understand the topic yourself. Yeah. It sort of shows. And do you do a lot of uh, ghost writing of, like, you know, books, like in-depth books for people that don't have the time to write themselves or don't have the skill? Um, I, don't, I don't do a lot of that. Um, I know people who do. I do... It is a service that I offer, um, but ghostwriting, ghostwriting in itself, really, you are, the way I, I do it is you, you need to really get to know the person yeah. and really communicate with them. And really, you've got to capture their voice 
in in what you write so they might not feel confident with writing the words they might not know how to put them together but you need to do a lot of talking so that you can almost become that person to get their words down gotcha. so, so true. the true. massive mm. it probably takes a bit of time to really get to know someone and understand their personality before you can really write a an effective novel or piece of work yes. on their behalf yeah absolutely absolutely yeah 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 wow fantastic and so you're based in canberra i am yes lovely canberra and do you work with people all around australia some people overseas or is it mainly local for you Mm. oh that's that's the great joy actually of editing is that and with with zoom now as well that you know i can i can work with people locally um, and you know we can do some face-to-face -face. so Gina is is a local author um, I can work with people interstate um, overseas so I do have one client who is over in Japan and I do she, she's a translator so she translates from um, Japanese into English and then I proofread all of her documents so she's absolutely wonderful um, and she works mainly in the arts areas. So you learn so much um, from that, from doing the proofreading. So, oh, and I write blog posts for a tutoring company called Superprof as well, which is a fantastic job because it gives me that freedom to sort of stretch my, my creative muscles as it were. As it were. But oh, yeah, being able to work with anybody um, through writing is, is yeah, I'm really lucky to be able to do be, it. It must be incredibly rewarding. It is very rewarding, actually. Yeah. Have you have you got any good stories about how you've coached or helped somebody in their writing journey, and you know, with incredible results? Any, any stories? Um. Yes. So now I'm just trying to find it because I can't remember. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think in terms of a in terms of being a teacher, like every every teacher I know myself included lives for that moment where we realize that we've actually made a really positive impact on, on a student. And surprisingly enough, those real moments, they're sort of few and far between, like you, you see your students progress and you know, then they move on and blah, blah, blah. But every now and then you, you just have this impact on one student that you just go, wow, this, this is why I do what I do. So for me, as, as a teacher, um, a few years ago, I started up a lunchtime writing club at my school that I was at at the time, which was open to all students and they could come in at lunchtime, they could write whatever they wanted. Um, I think one of the great attractions to this was the fact I let them bring their computers in. Mm -hmm. um, but there was one one particular child who really really disliked writing in class and his teacher said to me he's like oh i'm really surprised that you know so and so's coming to you know to your writing club is he actually writing and i'm like he's writing he's actually working on a short story and a novel and that sort of thing. So he, he didn't like writing in class, but he'd come to writing club religiously every week. And I would get in trouble if I wasn't running the writing club. And later on, it's a couple of years down the track, he said to me that he decided that he actually really loved writing now because I'd showed him that writing could be fun. 
that it wasn't all about just writing what the teacher said. And he actually was shortlisted in the school's annual writing competition last yeah, year. So little moments like that are, you know, absolutely fantastic. So, and to get that reaction from adults as well, who you've sort of given a few suggestions to for their story, and then they've come back at the end and gone, oh, wow, I just you know, I, I was stuck. I didn't know how to move the story forward. Absolutely stuck, but you've given me that spark. And now I think I can go ahead with this. Just that feedback. Yeah. That's, that's why, yeah, that's why I do going. this. Yeah, it does. It does keep you going. And, you know, you don't get it from everybody. And some people just go, oh, you know, thanks. That's great. But yeah, when, when you know, somebody's really struggling and you can help them in some way that's that's what that's what life's all about to be able to do that absolutely yeah. well done. well said kelly well said <laughs> so now if people want to get in touch with you to hear more about your services mm. what's the best way for them to do that um they can possibly they can go through my website which is www dot justwritewords.com.au or a simple phone call and my number's on the is on my website awesome. so be more than happy to hear from people fantastic well kelly thank you so much for being on the show today really appreciate it is there anything that you want to leave us with before we finish up can i leave you with two things sure is that all right um but two probably two messages and the first one for for authors and we call anybody who writes I think has the right to call themselves an author, whether or not they've been published, but a message for authors and for publishers. And I've written this in caps up on the screens, please don't let your books be pigeonholed into one category and don't think they can only be used to teach one age level and one subject because the teachers out there need you to think outside the square. And the second, second little message, and this is for anybody who thinks they can't write. It's amazing how many people say to me, oh, no, I can't write. Yeah. Everybody can write. You just that's need right. the confidence to do it. So business owners, anybody that's got a story inside them that they're just busting to tell, you can write. You just need somebody to guide you and encourage you and help you find the tools. That is true. Absolutely, Absolutely true. I totally agree with you. I think... There's creativity in everybody and it's just mm. about how we access it and we and how we develop it. Absolutely. So thank you, Kelly, <laughs> for coming on the show today. That was really, really a great conversation. I've learned so much and I'm going to put all the links in the show notes for everybody to, to find you and uh, really appreciate your time again on this Friday afternoon. Fantastic, Darren. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. My <laughs> pleasure. So all the audience out there, I hope you have a great afternoon, a great weekend, and we'll see you very, very soon for another episode of Playing With Perspective. Bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs>